Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 178 and session number 51 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions here live on the podcast after you record your voice message. So thank you once again for allowing me to do this because if you guys don't submit questions, guess what? I can't get on here and answer them. So keep it up. If you guys want to ask me a question and have it aired here on the show, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask and I'll do my best to answer it on an upcoming show. I mean, yeah, these questions, guys, are really awesome and just you guys, you know, talking about your experience and kind of like what you've gained from the podcast to me is priceless. I just, I love listening to your voice and the passion in your voice and the dedication and just what it's done. So I really, really want to encourage you to keep them coming. I really, really enjoy listening to them. And the same goes for iTunes, right? I get a lot of people on iTunes leaving reviews and I just want to thank you guys or the comments on the blog. But if you guys are on iTunes and you are listening to this, do me a quick favor. I haven't asked for a review request in a long time, but if you guys can do me a quick favor and take a couple minutes and do that, that would be awesome. You guys would be really, really cool. I mean, you guys are already pretty cool, but I just wanted to say you guys would be even more cool. All right. So uh, again, I want to thank everyone for taking time out of your day. If you're listening to this on the air date or the air time that it normally goes out, it's Friday. And you guys know how I feel about Fridays, right? Everyone feels like Fridays are the end of the work week and we're all excited and we're pumped up. And if you guys could see me right here, I mean, right now my arms are like, you know, flying. I'm like, I'm excited and it's Friday. And yes, it's Friday, the weekend. You know, we live for the weekend. Like that's how we were brought up. That's how we were raised, right? We work or we go to school during the week and the weekends are ours. There are days to really have fun and to, you know, to go out and do the things we want to do or to catch up on the things we couldn't do while we were working. You guys relate to that at all? Kind of, you know, get caught up on the housework or get caught up on the yard work or get caught up on things that you couldn't do during the week, right? I don't want my life to be like a Friday is a Friday, all right, and I've said this before, and I'll—I promise, guys, I'll get into the into the questions here. But I really wanted to just kind of free fly here a little bit and talk a little bit about that because so many people are just conformed, or they feel like they have to follow that path, right? That you work Monday through Friday, you know, you get out of work whenever you get out of work, five o'clock, six o'clock, whatever, depending on the type of job you're working. And then you do your normal evening stuff. And then from there, you you know, if you have kids, you put the kids to bed and then you watch maybe a little bit of TV and then you go to bed and you get up, you do it over again. I did it for years. All right. I know that grind. All right. I actually was working on Saturdays as well because I was trying to make extra money so I could do those extra things, go on a little vacation here and there, but I was busting my butt to do it. Right. But right now, Fridays are not Fridays to me. They're just another day. All right. The only way that I know that it's a Friday is because my kids have, you know, the, the weekend off. Right. But to me, a Monday feels no different than a Friday to me. All right. And I think that anyone that wants to have that feeling of freedom to do, you know, whatever they want to do as far as like creating their own lifestyle, their own schedule, that's, that's a choice. I do believe that. And I think that anyone that wants it can have it. Right. You just have to lay out the plan and execute. Now, whether that plan is Amazon for you or an e-commerce business or an online business or whatever it is, whatever it is for you, okay, then you just need to make that choice to do it, all right? This isn't here to say, well, it's the only way is Amazon, and I'm not saying that, 
I'm saying it is a choice. I'm not going to sit here and preach either, by the way. I don't want this to come across as that I'm preaching. But I am very passionate about it because I get a lot of people, they're like, how do you, you know, be able to go and pick up your, you know, son from, from school? How can you go to something in the middle of the afternoon without telling someone? Or how can you, oh, like we were bringing our kids when, when our kids were younger and we had our photography studio, which still, okay, and kind of going back to the Amazon thing, right? It's like, when my wife and I decided to start our own photography business, and if you guys are brand spanking new to the podcast, go listen to episode 125, and you'll hear my entire uh, life journey there as far as you know being an entrepreneur and kind of working and doing all that stuff that led me to where I am today. Um, but really, it was a decision when I was back in the construction you know field and the construction business that it was really a decision that I wanted to be able to make my own hours. I didn't want to have to go and tell my father's partner that I needed time off because my my you know, daughter, uh, you know, Alexis had a play in the afternoon, right? And that I had to feel guilty because I was going to leave the job site and all that stuff. I didn't want that, right? So that's when my wife and I decided, you know what? We're going to go ahead and create our own business. And it was a brick and mortar business, all right? But we were still able to say, you know what? We're not taking appointments until 9.30 in the morning because then we know our kids are off to school and we want to drive our kids to school. Huh, imagine that. A husband and wife driving their kid to school and then guess what? Three o'clock comes around. Husband, wife, driving to school to pick up their, their kids. And we did that for years with my my uh, two older kids now, Scotty and uh, Alexis. We did that just about every day, right, to and from, okay? So that right there is worth everything. The other thing that it afforded me to do was being able to be at all of the baseball games and the volleyball games after school, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, 4 o'clock in the afternoon most people don't get out of work till five. Well, guess what? I could be there, right? So all of those things allowed me or having my own business allowed me to be able to do that stuff. And again, I didn't really even think about this podcast when I started it that I was going to talk about this stuff, but I just felt as though it needed to be said because when you're listening to this on a Friday, if you are listening to this on a Friday, maybe you're listening to it on a Saturday, but it'll, you'll still get the idea. Most people feel a Friday is a Friday, right? And it's exciting, right? Cool, man, we're winding down the day. It's over with. The weekend's here. The weekend's mine. And then guess what? Sunday comes. It's like you're coming down on a sugar crash or a caffeine crash, right? Ah, I gotta go to work tomorrow. I don't wanna go to work tomorrow. (laughs) I gotta get there. I gotta be there. Get back into the grind. Your mood probably changes right about halfway uh, you know, in the in the afternoon of Sunday because you know you got to go the next day. I know that because I've had those feelings and it stinks, all right? And it's almost like, even like a kid in school, right? You know, it's, uh, Sunday nights we're always kind of, ugh, I got to go back to school tomorrow, right? It's Monday through Friday, Monday through Friday. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't have a schedule. I totally believe in that. I think everyone should have a schedule and I have a schedule. Right now I'm recording, okay? And uh, this time was scheduled to podcast, right? It's in my day. But then there's also another two hours that I've got blocked off for this afternoon that I'm going to be talking about some product stuff that I've, uh, me and another guy are talking about possibly doing together, which I'm going to be filling you guys in later um, through this process. We're running a little bit of an experiment, possibly. Hint, hint. Uh, so, you know, I, I just believe that, you know, a lot of people out there are not just going after the money. They're going after what the money gives them, which is their freedom, right? So because of that, You need to understand that it's a choice. And if you want to make this happen, it is your choice. It's not going to be easy, but it is a choice. And it's up to you if you want to have it. All right. So a Friday doesn't have to be a Friday, right? It doesn't have to be that yes. And then all of a sudden 
no, I got to go back to work, right? It doesn't have to be that, okay? So anyway, I'm going to stop preaching on this or ranting as uh, I usually uh, call it, but uh, I just really did want to put it out there because I think it's really, really important. And think about that, you know, maybe moving through the day and ask yourself, does a Friday feel like a Friday to you? Does a Monday feel like a Monday to you? And if it does, then it might be time to make that choice, okay? All right, so guys, let's go ahead and listen to the first question of today's session of Ask Scott. I will go ahead and uh, we'll listen to it and then I'll go ahead and I'll give you my answer. Hey, Scott, this is Milton from Utah. Thank you very much for all you do. I have a question about uh, pay-per-click. I've been hearing to the podcast and all the specific episodes you talk about uh, pay-per-click. And I had a question trying to understand. Uh, I understand the difference between the auto campaign and the manual campaign. What I'm trying to understand is if you use the same keyword in more than one campaign, uh, do you pay every time somebody click on that keyword on each campaign? And what is the benefit of having the same keyword in different campaigns? Uh, if you could explain that, that would be great. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Hey, Milton, thank you so much for the question, and it's a good one. Uh, yeah, pay-per-click is huge. You guys all know that, that are listeners of the show. You know, we've talked pretty uh, extensively about pay-per-click, Amazon pay-per-click, that is. And just to answer your question, and I'll give you guys some resources here in a second that we've already kind of talked about uh, this stuff and even some more pay-per-click strategy type uh, you know, information. But, you know, yes, if you have keywords that are in multiple campaigns, you will be um, paying if someone clicks on, you know, a different, you know, or the same keyword in different campaigns. That will happen. So that's why I always recommend identifying those keywords. And then from there, you're going to want to either put a negative keyword into a campaign so you don't show for that keyword in that campaign or just pause it altogether. And then just remove it or delete it. But I would just pause it um, or just use it as a negative keyword uh, because you don't want that to happen. Now, the other thing that may happen here is or that you could do is let's say, for example, you have a campaign that is in a broad match. Okay, broad match, meaning that your main keyword is garlic press. And now anything that's kind of related to that that someone searches for, Amazon could show for that term. So it could be garlic press steel or stainless steel garlic press, right? All of those could be triggered by the broad keyword garlic press, okay? And you can see this in your reporting, okay? But now, if you take that keyword garlic press, let's say, and that's the one that you, or let's say stainless steel garlic press, that one there, you're like, you know what? I only want to show up in this one campaign for that. Well, what you're going to want to do that is you're going to want to create a secondary campaign and target that keyword in maybe the phrase match. So this way here, it's not going to be just, just the exact keyword, but it's going to be the phrase of that. So stainless steel garlic press, that's the only time that you're going to show up if someone keys that in, but also if they key in maybe something that's on the front of that or the back of that. So it could be black stainless steel garlic press. That wouldn't make sense, but you get what I'm saying. Or rubber handled stainless steel garlic press. So that there could be in that secondary campaign. So to answer your question, yes, that will happen. 
Um, I don't think it's a, a smart idea to do that. I think you could then be competing against yourself and you don't really want to do that. But in the beginning, it may happen just just because it does, and that's okay. Just identify it and then either pause it or add a negative keyword to the ca- the other campaign that has that same keyword in there. And then um, and then from there, start to build out your, your, uh, your additional campaigns, all right? Now, I did talk about this in a couple of different episodes. So the one I would probably point you to is episode 119. And this is, since they added these new features, and if you guys are brand new, the features are, they have, they've always had the broad match, but now they have the phrase match, the exact match, and they also have negative keywords, okay? And in episode 119 of the podcast, we talked about that. Actually, Chris Schaefer and I hopped on and we talked about that. So that one there, I would say, listen to that one. It'll give you a step-by-step plan that we went through. That's episode 119. Again, I'll link all this up on the show notes to this episode, which is 178. So theamazingseller.com forward slash 178 will have all of the notes to this. It'll also have transcripts, by the way, if you guys are brand new or maybe you guys haven't heard, we are adding transcripts now to all episodes. So if you guys wanted to download them or read them on the blog uh, instead of listening or do both, you can do that. All right, so that's episode 119. The other one is episode 129, three big mistakes that could hurt pay-per-click and keyword ranking. Um, So that one there is another one that we dig into pay-per-click. And then another one that we recently did, and that's with Tyrone, was episode uh, 164. And that's how to improve your pay-per-click campaigns to perform better. And that one there will give you kind of like a three-prong you know, effect, I guess, or a three-prong approach. I don't even know if that's the right thing to say, three-prong. I just felt like saying it. it sounded pretty good. So, uh, <laughs> uh, so that's 164, episode 164. Um, so, and again, I'll link all of these up on the show notes. So, Milton, yes, you are right. That could hurt you a little bit. You may be paying a little bit additionally for that, but you won't know until you start pulling the reports as well. But it's really important in the beginning to start with that broad, uh, you know, that broad search term campaign because that will allow you to then really see and discover other keywords that are being pulled in. But if you know that you have one main keyword, then yes, you want to make sure that that keyword is not in all of your other, uh, you know, campaigns. All right. So hopefully that's been helpful. Uh, keep me posted and uh, good luck to you. All right, so let's go ahead and listen to another question and I'll give you my answer. Hi, Scott. My name's Ben. I'm based in London in the UK. I um, just wanted to say your web um, podcasts have been amazing and uh, thanks for all the effort you put you put in to get these together. They're really, really helpful. Um, I am shipping product in from China to the US. I don't have a base in America. So... I just wanted to get your take on freight forwarders and how I can best get my product to the warehouse because this will take advantage of um, Amazon's relationships with the local couriers. Um, But I'd really love to get your thoughts on this um, because I wonder if you know of any other people shipping from outside of America and how they handle this. Um, Be good to get some feedback from you. Thank you. Hey, Ben, thank you so much for the question. And uh, yeah, I wanted to uh, really answer this the best that I can, but also maybe point you to some past episodes, but also uh, some resources. All right. Because yes, you are going to have to have someone, a company that is um, take care of the shipping for you. And that's pretty much a freight forwarder. You may even need a third party inspection company um, to help out with that. 
Um, I think the very first thing that I would say is to listen to a couple of episodes. Um, and the two that come to mind right now are uh, episode 137, and that's with Andy Irvine, and he talks about how he does it. Um, from there. So that is the amazingseller.com forward slash 137. Again, I'll link this up in the show notes. And the other one is episode 98. And again, just another international seller talking about how they're doing it because they're not shipping it to their own resident residency. So, you know, you're going to want to use a freight forwarder. Now, the one that I know of that I'm hearing a lot about is flexport.com. Okay, flexport.com is pretty much the simplest way to use a freight forwarder um, that I've heard of. Now, there's other ones out there. There's a ton of them out there, actually. If you go over to our Facebook community page, you'll uh, you'll just by searching over there, you can just go into the search box and type in freight forwarder, and you'll see a bunch of conversations happening on this topic itself. And it just sounds like to me that you need to find a company that you can trust that that can take you through this process. And the one that I've heard a lot about is flexport.com. Um that is the only one that I would really say that I've heard is pretty much a hands-off uh type of service, but there's probably other ones out there I'm just not aware of them because I don't do it myself personally, all right? The other episode that I'd like to point you to though is episode 131. And that one there, I had Derek Miller on, who's actually done this. He actually does it for other people as well and guides them through it. He may be someone that you could reach out to or anyone else listening would like to reach out to. That was episode 131. The title of that was How and When Do You See Shipping for My Products, Step-by-Step Instructions. And he walks you through exactly what it takes to ship products, okay, from China directly to uh, Amazon, Okay, so that right there would probably be another great resource. Again, that's episode 131. I will go ahead and leave that uh, in the show notes as well. So you're going to need a service, like I said, that's going to do this. I know Derek Miller uh, on episode 131. He speaks highly of Flexport, says it's just a nice, easy to use interface and just the process is really, really hands off um, as much as possible. All right. So yes, you will have to do that. I would say that's going to be your best bet. I've heard other people that what they've done is they've shipped to a U.S. residence, uh, you know, where you can hire someone to accept your goods and then ship them in from there. I would rather see you go the other route. Probably have a third-party inspection company come in first, uh, China side, and then before the shipment is actually uh, released, and then from there picked up by freight forwarder and then brought into Amazon that way. Um, so that would be my recommendations. Hopefully, I've given you some resources to go check out. So this way here, you can figure that out. Now, again, I want to go back to what I was talking about in the beginning. This is what you need to focus on right now or anyone in this stage. This is that one hurdle that you're going to need to get over. And once you do, you're going to learn the process and it's going to be much easier the next time. So just to kind of, again, go back to what I was talking about and going back to this particular situation, this is one thing that you need to be working on right now, not worrying about a website, right? So hopefully that's helped. Hopefully these resources have helped and uh, good luck to you. Keep me posted on uh, on how it worked out for you as well. All right, let's go ahead and listen to another question, and I'll give you my answer. Hey, Scott. My name's Seth. First, I want to say thank you. If it wasn't for you in the podcast, I definitely wouldn't be where I'm at today. 
From listening to the podcast, I chose to take my little bit of startup money and spend it on inventory rather than one of those expensive courses. Just a real quick comment on inventory. I went to Alibaba, but went to the wholesale side of the site and was able to order just 100 units. And on that side of the site, it comes with trade assurance and you can pay however you want with PayPal or credit card or what have you. Also, I just launched my first product in FBA and just looked yesterday on my listing and I have a number one new release badge in my category, which was pretty cool. So I have two questions. The first one is, if I make an improvement to my product, should I keep it on the same listing or put it on a a whole other listing? And then my second question is, is it better to sell really fast and get your BSR up and go out of stock or slow down your sales and wait until you get more inventory in there? Thank you so much for everything you do, and I hope to hear your answer on the show. Thanks again. Have a good day. Hey, Seth. Thank you so much for the question and the little knowledge bomb there. I love it. You added a little knowledge bomb to your question. I love it. Uh, so some of you are probably saying, okay, Scott, what do you mean? Well, what, uh, what Seth had said was going to Alibaba and then going under the wholesale option, there's a wholesale option there on the page. If you look around on that page, and I actually, I just pulled up the page because I wanted to actually look into this myself so I can give you guys an example But yeah, if you go over to the right-hand side, it depends on when you're looking at this, but somewhere on the page, you'll see an option there to look at wholesale. Um, So this way here, you're not necessarily private labeling it. And there's a couple of different things that this could be really cool for, okay? Number one, if you didn't want to go through AliExpress, you can go right through Alibaba and just use the wholesale, but you're not going to be able to private label it. And that's fine. Um, as you can hear, Seth has done this with a hundred units, makes it easier. You can, you know, use credit card. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. The shipping is usually calculated right there for you. So all of that stuff, and you can test a product really, really quick. Okay. And I actually went in here and I looked for my garlic press. All right. I went in here and seen if I could find a garlic press and I found a ton and I actually found one. Um, that I'm actually looking at right here, and it's it's actually a stainless steel garlic press, and uh, it's actually not the normal garlic press that you would you know use as like uh, it would open up and then you would you would close it. It's more of the one that it looks kind of like a little a little pan in a sense, and then it's got like the holes in it, and then you push down with two hands, and then you it, it kind of pushes through. Um, so it's different. It's like a crusher, I guess, is what they would call it. But I can get. For 100 to 199 pieces for $1.50, I can get this stainless steel garlic press, and it's kind of a unique looking one. And the shipping cost on 100 units would be $116. All right. So you can see there that's going to be about another, let's call it to make it easy, a dollar, a little more than a dollar. So let's say for $2.60, I could have this thing shipped to my door, right? And press uh, buy now and basically fill in all of my details. Right, I can do PayPal, I can do it all. Uh, MasterCard, Visa. Uh, so right here, it's right there. Now, if I want to order two thousand or two hundred to four hundred ninety-nine pieces, it's a dollar forty. If I want to order five hundred pieces or more, it's a dollar thirty-eight. Not a huge difference, but they give you those options, and that's right here. I'm even looking here on from more suppliers. I see another one that's got different colors. You can get a pink one, you can get a green one, a blue one, and they're sixty-eight cents to ninety cents. Right, so. 
I'm not necessarily saying that this is going to work 100% for finding your ideal product, but it is a way to test a product, okay? And again, I'm going off a little bit of your question uh, right now, Seth. We're going to get to that in a second, but I did want to really talk about this because, again, a lot of people say, Scott, how how can you do it? AliExpress seems really expensive, this, that, and the other thing. Well, I just went in here and literally spent like less than two minutes, and I found a garlic press that I could technically put on the market. Now, whether it's going to sell because it's not really a great market because it's so competitive, that might be true, but I was able to do this. Now, here's the other little thought I was thinking about. Let's say, for example, you wanted to have a bundle or something to add to your current thing. Well, this could be another option, and then you would, yes, you would have to bundle it inside of your other products, so you'd have to have them ship both to you, but it is an option, Okay, or maybe buying two products here, having them both shipped to you, and then you package it, and then you put it in. Again, going back to the very beginning of the show, no excuses, right? Just getting something launched that you can then learn the process. Of course, you need to still do the market valid, you know, validation. You got to make sure that there's a market there for the item that you're looking for. I'm not saying be careless or reckless, right? But I'm saying there's thousands of products in here um, in the wholesale uh, spot that you could actually use this for. Or you could add one of these on the wholesale side to add as a bundle you know, or a bundle item to it, right? So I just wanted to point that out and I'm glad that Seth had mentioned this because uh, I think it's really, really important to understand that you don't just have to go to AliExpress. You can actually use the wholesale side of Alibaba, all right? So now let's go ahead and answer your question, Seth, or your questions, I should say. Okay, the first one, if you improve the product, so let's say, for example, I think what you're saying is you've got this wholesale product that you're buying, it's a garlic press, let's say, and now you're going to add a new one, but might have maybe black rubber handles on it, or a handle on it, right, versus the other one was just plain, uh, you know, stainless steel. Well, here, here's what you could do. I would not launch it on a brand new listing. What I would do is I would add a variation for the new product, okay? So now you have two different garlic presses. One has a rubber handle and one has, you know, a stainless steel handle, okay? So I would have both of those. Now, it's up to you if you want to let the first product that you created, this this test product, let's say, it's up to you if you want to let that run out of stock. And then that just won't show up anymore, but it'll still be an option to add that variation to it. All right. This way here, any of the reviews that you've already built on this listing are going to stay there. All right. This way here, you don't lose all that. Now, if you're going to do this for your garlic press and you get it up and running and you get some sales and you start getting some reviews, but then you, you launch uh, a basketball and you want to put that on the garlic press. No, I'm not saying that it's got to be the same product, just maybe a different look or a different, you know, sizing or whatever. But then I would add that as a variation. Okay, so this way here, uh, again, you could have different colors, right? You could have, you know, maybe red, yellow, and blue. Uh, so then you could add all different variations. So it doesn't have to be identical to the first product you launch, but the first product you would have to then let it run out of stock um, after the fact or just keep that in stock to have another variation there. If it's a wholesale item, it doesn't really matter. Just put it on your listing and it's going to sit there and you might pick up a few sales from it. That's probably what I would end up doing as long as you're getting sales from that. Um, so that's what I would do there, okay? So keep the listing as long as it is the same product, okay, or product style. All right, now moving on to the second part of your um, question was your BSR ranking and running out of stock, you know, whether you should do that or if you should wait until you have more stock. 
Here's my thought on this. In the beginning, you want to see how many sales you can get a day kind of thing, right? You don't want to, you know, you don't want to hold it back, right? So you want to give it everything that you've got. So my suggestion would be ramp it up as much as you can with the amount of stock that you have and then see what happens. I would then, if you're starting to get traction, I'm, I'm talking like in the first week, if you're starting to get some traction, I'd, I'd reorder like as soon as you can, you know, just reorder. Um, but then what I would do is I would be more aggressive once I got more stock in. Okay. And I was just on a, on a, uh, hangout on a coaching call, uh, with our class this past weekend and Rich Kibble was on and, uh, you know, he's just basically just left, left his job, I believe. Uh, yes, officially he's just left his job and he started last May and, um, he's doing really, really well. But he said what he's done, um, cause he has run out of stock. Um, but what he's done, uh, in, in the, in the past and now what he does in the future is like when he's launching a product kind of similar to what you've done is he'll test it and validate it. All right. And instead of giving away a hundred units right out of the gate, what he'll do is he'll give away maybe 25 units, get some reviews, and then he'll then run his bigger promotion after that. And the reason for that is if you go ahead and you do a big old push on that promotion and you get ranking on page one, that's great and all, but if you're not converting on page one because you don't have enough reviews, you're kind of wasting that push. So to kind of make this simpler, what I would recommend doing, in, in your case especially, is get some reviews. Don't have to be over aggressive, right? Just go get some reviews, you know, give away 20 units, 25 units, something like that. Get, you know, 15, 20 reviews. And then when you get your bigger stock in, then really do a bigger promotion and then try to get on page one and then your conversion should be higher. All right. So that's what I would do there. And I kind of, I kind of picked that up from, from, uh, Rich this past weekend that we had our, our hangout. And I thought that it was pretty, interesting on how he's doing that. I think it makes a lot of sense because a lot of us think right out of the gate, we want to get on page one, but if you get on page one, that's great and all, but if you don't have enough reviews, you probably won't convert. So then you're gonna have to do another one after the fact. So you could be spending more money um, rather than just doing it slowly. Um, so I like that approach. So I just wanted to share that with you guys um, listening today and also you, Seth. So Sounds like you're doing great. I love it that you're out there taking action and you're sampling and validating the market before you go ahead and, and order a lot more. So really, really awesome. Keep me posted. I really want to know how you make out with this approach and also uh, from there on your additional variations on this particular product. So definitely keep me posted. All right, guys. So that is going to wrap up this session of Ask Scott, and I wanted to remind you if you wanted to ask your own question and have it aired here on an upcoming show, head over to theamazingseller.com forward slash ask, and uh, you can go ahead and record a voicemail. Just leave your first name and where you're tuning in from, and then also your question, and I'll do my best to answer it on an upcoming show. One last reminder, if you guys are brand new to this FBA game and this private label uh, you know, world, uh, go ahead and register for my upcoming live workshop. I'll walk you through 
the five phases for picking a product, sourcing your product, doing a pre-launch, doing the launch, doing the promotions, all of that and everything in between, I do that on a live workshop and I also do live Q&A. So go register for that right now at theamazingseller.com forward slash workshop. I would love to hang out with you for the evening and we can really get to it, all right? So guys, that is gonna wrap up this session of Ask Scott. I wanna thank you guys once again for being a listener. I know you guys have a ton of options out there and all of your emails and your comments and, and everything that you guys send my way, I really do appreciate and it means so much to me. So thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, guys, that's it. Remember, I'm here for you, I believe in you, I'm rooting for you, but you have to, you have to, come on, say it with me, say it loud, you know the drill, take action. Have an awesome, amazing day, and I'll see you right back here on the next episode.